Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The stuff of him, what I found the most fascinating was the stuff of him now, yeah. with the big beard, with the staring mm-hmm. eyes. Mm-hmm. Saying, I should try being Jesus. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, a big, that's a big one at the end, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I'll leave you with that. Yeah, there was no other way to end it, but, oh, here, let me reveal my Jesus complex now. <laughs> I've already written the 100 million pound check to myself, done. <laughs> Coming at you in your ears, it's Flixwatcher episode 82. Hello film fans, joining us in the Flixwatcher studio today are Hannah. Hello. Taylor. Hello. And as always, Kobe. Hi. And we're here to review the 2017 documentary, Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond, featuring a very special, contractually obligated mention of Tony Clifton. That's a long That's a long title, isn't it? I held my breath. Yeah. <laughs> Surprised you didn't pass out. <laughs> As always, guys, we have all the show notes online at flixwatcher.tv for all the episodes, so please come and visit us there. Of course, join us on Twitter at flixwatcherpod, and please come to iTunes, rate us, and subscribe. All films featured in the podcast were available to stream on Netflix UK at the time of recording, and please be aware there will be spoilers and some language that may offend. Hello and welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Joining us today in the studio are Hannah and Taylor. If you would like to say hello to our lovely listeners and tell them about the podcast that you work on together, please. <laughs> hello, lovely listeners. Um, <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, we do a podcast called Drunk Women Solving Crime, mm-hmm. and it does pretty much what it says on the tin. We uh, we get drunk, we talk about true crime. Uh, we do it maybe in a kind of quiz type style. That's mm-hmm. the kind of solving part of it. We have a guest every week, be it a comedian, a musician, an actress. We've had some great... Great guests, mm. um, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, too what? much fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you say too much fun, does that mean too, too much, much gin? gin. Too <laughs> yeah, much we were gin. saying earlier how we get uh, we get lots of alcohol sent to us for free. So we do, um, and it would be rude not. Don't to Don't you feel at all. bad for us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope. Um, are there are there any alcohols that you would not recommend solving crime to? Anything that's not really... Ooh, you'd think gin would be quite weepy, but actually it's quite good. Oh, I feel very sharp on the gin. We haven't tried tequila yet, but I have a feeling that would veer us into the wrong direction. Absinthe? <laughs> oh, I can't ever touch that again in my life. Oh, everyone's got an absinthe story. Oh, <laughs> I set like a I whole like bottle it. on fire in Prague once. It was so embarrassing. I did it twice. <laughs> They put out the fire so and then I did it again. Oh, 
anyway. <laughs> so maybe, yeah, to not have any flashbacks, we won't have yeah. any absence. Or fires. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We want to avoid fires at all costs. When, um, when, we're, when I was at university, they had, I'm not sure they're still doing it anymore. I don't buy those kind of drinks. But the aftershock, <laughs> the red aftershock. Oh, um, lovely. Mm. Um, would, you, would you solve crime to that? I've never had that. so I... I've had it. I've had it. Um, yeah, probably. But it's more of a kind of like we're having a sort of, I like to think of it quite a sophisticated sort of gin and tonic, maybe a whiskey, mm. rather than a kind of let's do shots. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, yeah. but actually, if you listen to it, it's in no way sophisticated. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I don't know. I've listened and it's good fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but yes, you can find us on, on Twitter and on Acast and on iTunes and we're all over the shop. And we do some live dates as well. We are. Um, so, yes, yeah, come join us, join the fun, because it is, it is good fun. Cool. Is drinking encouraged? Um, what, what was from our listening point mm. of view, or if you want? I mean, generally people listen on the commute. Yeah, though, not on the morning uh, commute okay. so much. We've had a few people tweet like, oh, this is making me want to drink at 9am. And we're like, maybe we should release at night. But it's always, <laughs> it's always morning somewhere. So um, no, responsible and- drinking, responsible drinking. Please drink responsibly. Yes. Do they still say that in adverts? Yeah, they have they to. They do. <laughs> it's a big adverb. I still have Speaking artois. of contractually obliged, yeah. Um, Hannah. So, you G- chose this. Jim and Andy. Jim and Andy, so, The yeah. Great Beyond, featuring a very special contractually obliged mention of Tony Clifton. This is the film. Do you want a little two-minuter? <laughs> I want yes, a two-minuter and tell us why you chose it. Okay. I chose it, weirdly, I chose it because I'd watched it the night before you asked us to come on and I was like, oh, it's a sign. Um, and also, it was it was a great movie and I wanted desperately to talk to people about it. Um, sure. So this was really, really handy. Um, <laughs> because it is, it's one of those movies and you watch it and you're just like, wow, this is really, really... Um, interesting to say the least um and it's about so there was a movie called man on the moon which was a biopic of um of andy kaufman and jim carrey played andy kaufman and that came out like 20 years ago or something yeah. pretty old um and the idea behind this is that 20 years ago they um jim carrey had a behind the scenes uh, documentary filmmakers and they came in and they um filmed him behind the scenes but what he did is he went full method so he he claimed to have been um Possessed is the wrong word. But visited. He was like visited by Andy. Yes. At the yeah. beach and he kind of stepped into him. Yes, via 20 dolphins. Yeah. And he said that he sort of was, um, I can't think of the word, not pathologically, she, he was telepathically um, talking to him. And so he'd had this conversation and Andy apparently said to him, I'm doing my movie. So he's apparently taken over Jim Carrey mm. and you you see it throughout this. You see the things he does. He crashes cars. He screams at people. He really, really goes for it um, in such a way that I think if, I'm sure there was probably rumours around saying, oh, you know, he, he he did this behind the scenes on this film, but it's when you see this what it does. movie, yeah. you're just like, wow, he really, really went for it. Um, yeah, and basically that's what uh, Jim and Andy is. It's 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 a documentary behind the scenes yeah. of his, I don't breakdown, I don't know. It's difficult. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting to try and work out what it was, what happened to him. In the, I mean, before getting into the story of this, of this film, because you hear about other actors going method, um, like, I can't remember his name now, who played Joker in, in Suicide Squad. No, in no, Suicide Squad. Oh, Jared Leto. Yeah, Jared Leto. He, he, was, a prop, he was supposedly a proper twat to everyone <laughs> behind the scenes of, of Suicide Squad. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and in, I need to think of the names of these films. My mind's gone blank. It's all these jelly babies. Um, Lincoln, the guy who played Lincoln. Oh, Daniel J. Lewis. Yeah, because he goes method and all those things as well, doesn't he? Full method, yes. But I get the impression that playing Abraham Lincoln, he's it's not a bit different to than 
Tony Clifton. <laughs> yeah, Tony Clifton. <laughs> yeah. Although being the Joker, you, oh my you've God. got license to be a twat to people, haven't you? Well, you're kind of mm. like a, a killer if you're the Joker. I mean, how far yeah, did he take it? How far do you take that? Well, I don't know. Mm, um, only Jared knows. Bodies disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What do you guys think of the film? Let's go for Helen. Me? Yeah. You. So, so a, couple, a couple of things. <laughs> I'm not really a Jim Carrey fan. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I um, I, I I really love in in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Sunshine. um, which in in this film he mentions where Michel Gondry is saying how beautiful he looks when he's miserable and mm. heartbroken. Um, so I really liked him in that, and I've seen the the Man on the Moon film, and I don't really know who Andy Kaufman was much, so I didn't really think that much of the film. But when this came to Netflix, I watched it the day it came to Netflix because I really, really wanted to see this. And it's a really, really special documentary. It's so interesting and it's really funny. It's kind of really bizarre. It's really surreal. It's much better than the actual film that they made. Than The Man on the Moon? Yeah. Yeah, because that film's a bit boring. But it's just... And you watch it and you just think, God, if I was like there on set, what would you be thinking? You'd be like, what is this guy doing? But that's what he's they were doing, wasn't asshole. it? But he was doing something really, really like amazing, and the the bits where he meets like Andy's dad and Andy's sister, mm. and oh, yeah. they have like these really, really emotional moments, and you're just like, wow, that's insane. Because you got all the people who knew Andy Kaufman very personally, um, and yeah, like his his um, Bob. Bob's Schmiegel. Zoom, zoom. Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> Zumunda, Bob Zumunda. Zumunda. Yeah. yeah. So Bob Zumunda, um, he's there. and But also on the set of like Taxi, which most people know um, Andy Kaufman for. You have all like Judd Hirsch and Danny DeVito were there. So they all knew Andy Kaufman. And then they're also in this film um, as well. And it's like Danny DeVito is like, that's fucking... That's actually, that's Andy. That's actually Andy Kaufman who's who's speaking to me, and I did. For me, that's a proper mind. But you're you're a neuropharmacologist. What are you? Sorry, pharmacologist. Yes. I wish. And um, <laughs> a former psychotherapist. Um, does yeah. are you aware of this kind of phenomenon of people just wanting to? Was it people who really just want to get to know someone who they've lost? See, this is a very interesting question because I. I, if I was looking through that, let I, okay, here's what I thought of the film. Okay. And I will answer that question in a roundabout way. Please. My brain was fighting with itself the entire time I watched this because I thought it was a fascinating documentary. I thought it was very well put together. The footage is fascinating. Jim Carrey is interesting and bizarre and intense and, and a very different man than where he started. So it's fascinating. Um, but a lot of the time I felt the same kind of discomfort I feel when I watch prank shows because I would I stopped watching him and I started watching like Danny DeVito's Uncomfortable Side Eye and I'm like, God, and they can't say anything because it's Jim fucking Carey. Mm. And he's just, you know, annoying the shit out of everybody all the time. So I felt very uncomfortable. But on the sort of psychological front, I'm sitting there trying to get my head around it. And I realized that part some of the moments where I got irritated I just thought this is a narcissist who is veering into psychosis like we're just watching somebody with a personality disorder celebrating it because he's so successful and Mm. then I just found myself really like 
oh, it was like scratching the inside of my brain. So it was a really, really weird experience for me to enjoy it so much at points and then veer into this pure irritation. But I kind of feel that way about Jim Carrey. And I always have like, (laughs) if he's in the right role, like same, same as you. I love Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Like I agree. I think he's a beautiful actor when he's (laughs) very depressed, but it almost is like we're looking at him in these different psychological states. And this one I just found so, so overwhelming that I didn't know what to do with it. I had to watch it in chunks. Like it was just too much. Seriously, (laughs) I had to like, you've almost got three performances because you've got Jim Carrey and then you've got Tony Clifton and then you've got... Andy Kaufman and then you've sort of got Jim Carrey playing Andy Kaufman as well mm. yeah early on so some parts I found quite interesting with like his, his fighting with Terry Lawler which he did do in real life and you have people like Danny DeVito saying oh that's Andy Kaufman but then Terry Lawler's like no but he was actually really he was like the real Andy Kaufman was genteel to me called me Mr. Lawler he wasn't a dick to me so <laughs> obviously there was some proper missteps in what Jim was doing. The thing with that, what made me think about that? And it, it suddenly sort of goes into sort of like too many sort of, um, uh, oh, I don't know what the word is, but like, um, because they planned that thing together, right? Where Jim Carrey was going to sort of sort of broke his neck, but didn't. That yeah. was, they pre-planned that. And to me, I think that the Kaufman thing to do at that point would be that you have to fool everyone that that is real. And the way to do that is by fooling everyone on the documentary, which they thought was going to mm. be put out. So I kind of, because that's what I thought my first thought was like, oh no, like mm. they were friends. Why is he being such a dickhead? Yeah. I was like, the only way in the dock for us to believe that that was believable it's was if he'd one. been fucking him. Yeah. Oh, if okay. he, but but it, it was on my second, again, I watched this one second time as well. I can't concentrate on the film once. I have to watch it twice. And um, yeah, and it was the second time I was like, oh no, wait. I think that they planned the whole thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, you're nodding along, Helen. Is that yeah, what I think so. Okay. But, it has to be convincing because if it's not convincing, then it doesn't what's work. the point of doing it? That's why he kind of has to be this insufferable. What, Hannah, what are your thoughts on Jim Carrey? Uh, well, I really liked him growing up. He was, uh, yes, I liked all of his films and um, I would do impressions of him. And he was a big part of my personality. <laughs> him and Rick Mayle were like the two, my two <laughs> role models as a child. As you can imagine, I was... Pretty irritating. Um, but so I sort of have quite a lot of um, love for, for Jim Carrey. But I know I know what you mean. Watching this movie, you're just like, I, I totally, the first day I'd be like, fuck off, mate. Come on. Come on. Come on. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but then it, it, the stuff of him, what I found the most fascinating was the stuff of him now yeah. with the big beard, with the staring mm-hmm. eyes. Mm-hmm. Saying I should try being Jesus. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a big, was a big one at the end, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like leave you with that. Alone. Yeah, there was no other way to end it. But oh, here, let me reveal my Jesus complex now. <laughs> I've already written the one hundred million pound check to myself. Done. <laughs> Jesus a, is there's next. A, there's a bit right at the end where um, after he says that and they sort of rap on it, he someone says we got into some really weird shit there, and I couldn't work out whether Jim Carrey had said that or it was someone behind the camera. I think it was the uh, the director the or the director. Person okay. Questions, yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking, does he know that what he says is like weird i'm sure he does i i think he knows a lot more than he's kind of letting on i think that jesus thing was just like you know john lennon said we're bigger than jesus the beatles are bigger than jesus yeah. Yeah. i think he was just doing that to rile people at the end um yeah i i, I have a lot of time for jim carrey uh, i think man in the moon just a i'm not sure if you're, if you're from america how well did you know yeah. andy kaufman 
Well, that was my question to you too. Like, did you go into this a big Andy Kaufman fan? You mentioned Taxi, so I yeah. was I was pretty little when that was on, but my parents loved it, so yeah. I. I'm very fond of that show because it just has a nostalgia for me. But if that was your only, if that was your only frame of reference, it was only later on that I found out about all of his performance all art and did, yeah. all of the different. Yeah. And I, I've tried so hard as a comedian. I like to try to appreciate any, appreciate anyone who's been appreciated just to get it. But I cannot say that I can, you can get, get him. He's, he's yeah. pretty out there. It's, it's really hard for me. And again, it's sort of like watching this film. It's like, I'm there for a little while and I'm like, Oh, come on. Come the fuck on. Like, I just get <laughs> irritated. And maybe that's the whole point. But, um, I think that, I think for some yeah. comedians, I don't know, you guys are comedians, um, some comedians, performance artists, that's the point is to get that reaction. And if you get yeah. maybe a slight laugh, then you're on the comedic side of the performance artist than the yes. you get it or dramatic you side. Don't like yeah. Jordan Brooks, one of my favorite acts ever. And he can split a room <laughs> like nobody else, but I just think he's a genius. So mm. I get, I can imagine that. I appreciate people that connected with him, but because I didn't, that made it even harder to appreciate to it. watch the whole spectacle. Yes. So, yeah. Cause I do like how Jim Carrey, I loved at least when I was young, uh, Ace Ventura. I'll probably never yeah. watch it again because it's pro- oh my God, actually, problematic. It has not aged well. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the mask I thought was genius. Um, used to love Dumb and Dumber, but not, again, these are films I'm not sure if I'd watch them much now, but uh, Eternal Sunshine. Yeah, I mean, brilliant. I really Truman like the Truman Show, Show as well. Show. Yeah, mm. um, I think he is he genuinely is a good actor. Yeah, and often mm. maybe not in the right kind of film. In Lemony Snicket, him. was great as well. I have never yeah. seen Lemony Snicket. Oh mate, come I'm, on! Yeah, I loved really him as a Riddler when he played the Riddler in that bat, the third Batman. Oh yes, film. yeah. Um, so I think he's he's got range. He has got more range than you think. And when you see him saying, "I want to be a comedian," and he's doing all these crazy things that people just genuinely didn't do, he's got. Some, he's got something huge about him, um, and I can I can hundred percent see why he just puts. When people I grew off up when on in Living Color, and yeah. I I mean I fell in love with him on that show. Yeah. I mean I loved him. His his famous um, they reference it in the film uh, Fire Marshal Bill. They show him coming on the Oprah Winfrey show like with the fire extinguisher, and it was just this brilliant, outlandish, grotesque character. I'd never seen anything like that, and it was right like in my formative years of like just starting to appreciate sketch comedy, sure. and I just loved him so much. And then it just all got too big or something. I don't know what it was. Yeah, he's definitely suffered. You can tell, can't you? He suffered from being so big. Because he, he mm. came on, it was on Kick-Ass 2. Um, and that film didn't go that, that, down that well, not just because of Jim Carrey, but a few other things. But he tried to ban it coming out because he felt... <gasps> That's right. He felt like the violence in it wasn't right for, for this world at this moment. So he's got these weird kind of consciousnesses. And this kind of ties in maybe with his beardy looking yes. straight at the camera thing which i think in this film i think is great i think mm. the film would have been if it didn't have jim carrey with the looking mm. straight yeah at the without camera. the and also without that kind of context to it yeah him kind of explaining 100 percent. yeah you would just think what is this <laughs> yeah but i think it had to be the bearded jim carrey that did that not not the if this was 20 years ago him doing oh that. yeah he wouldn't have been able to they wouldn't have been able to make this at the same time as mm. the film came out or like any time soon after that. You mean if they released the footage direct, just yeah. straight after, it would have been... Yeah. Here's Jim Carrey being a twat on stage. Well, that's the, the thing, scenes, isn't yeah. it? It's like they said that the universe didn't want it to come out because they didn't want people to think that Jim Carrey's an asshole. And I just think <laughs> that's like... And it's kind of a good point because he kind of, you know, like Taylor, you, you were not a fan of him in it because he's being like such an asshole, really. Mm. And like, yeah, you just kind of think... 
I don't, yeah, I think it was it was the right time for it to come out. Twenty years, and recently you've been seeing lots of different stuff from Jim Carrey, haven't you? And you've been like, oh, okay, he's he's not. I don't want to say gone a bit weird because that's that seems sort of like just out of order to say, but it definitely was interesting seeing him talk about. He's got a little spiritual journey, isn't he? Yeah. Like he comedians is. in cars getting coffee. Have you seen him on that? Oh, I might have. Done. It's a great watch. I, I would have seen it. It's, he comes, he comes over the wall first, doesn't he? To meet Jerry <laughs> yeah. Seinfeld. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I feel like I might not have seen that. But oh, wow, like he's in a very different place. Away. Yeah, yeah, definitely watch it. It was, yeah, that was one of the least funny episodes, but it was kind of... <laughs> it's just a spectacle. Yeah. I mean, he brings his own sweetener to sweeten his tea and then he stands like 10 feet above the tea to try to drip it in and that's just like a hole. And Seinfeld's just like, okay, <laughs> you know, like what do you do with this except let it happen? And that's kind of the spirit of this film. It's like, what do we do with this except let it happen? Yes, and weirdly, I thought that Danny DeVito, like, part of me, maybe it was, the, again, the second watch, but, like, I felt like Danny DeVito found some of it quite funny. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. he did. I think him, like, but there were so many people getting irritated. But, yeah, there was one. Not, like, the director Mills did Foreman. not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so you could just see in his face, like, when, you know, they were needing more takes or they just didn't know who was going to show up on set and just be like, you, you know, you're making this movie that's costing a lot of money and it's... And you're being it, a twat. Yeah, and it's just but, not happening. But then he did have that phone call. He, he did. Said, which which he kind just, of absolved talk, him of, of, of everything, yeah. yeah. It's like, I can, yeah, Jim Carrey was like, okay, well, I think Jim can do a good impression of Andy and Tony. Would you prefer that? And Miller says, no, I just want to talk. Yeah, for, like, just want to talk to you for five minutes. And then. I thought that was quite telling mm, where yeah. it was kind of like, we could maybe end all this. And the director still said no, because he just wanted the best for that film. And I yeah. really respected him at that point. I was like, yeah, he's looking for the best film here. And he's doing it by, yeah, not letting him go over it. No, I haven't. <laughs> no. Have you seen Man in the Moon? Yes. See, I haven't seen the film. Oh, okay. So I can't comment on it, but I just find it fascinating that you say, like, actually, this is a better film and it's quite boring. Because my question, with all of this sort of commitment to method acting, and hey, I dabbled in some method acting courses in New York at HB Studio. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but I just question whether it's about the person more than it's about the ultimate performance. Like, did it make the performance that much better? Mm. So, Do you know what I mean? The, what I got from the film is that it tells quite a straightforward story of, like, the, the main period in his life. Uh, there's a few, apparently a few inaccuracies in, in terms of timeline. And Jim Carrey does a really good performance of him. Mm-hmm. But that, that's kind of it. And if... And I don't really know much about Kaufman anyway, so it wasn't like, mm. oh yeah, I remember watching this show, and sure. or I didn't really know that about his life. Yeah. So it's a very straightforward film. I mean, Jim Carrey, mm. he won, did he get a Golden Globe? Golden Globe for playing it. So it's a really good yeah. performance of him being that. Mm-hmm. But this kind of offers a little bit more of what maybe Andy was really like, yeah. and how mm-hmm. you know he did probably piss off a lot of people, and his relationships he had with people you couldn't really tell whether they hated each other or whether yeah it was all part of the game mm-hmm. and well that- Jim Carrey says at one point he's like I sort of wish this is this was going to be part of the film that we could weave it in yeah I think the it's, it's an often it's often the kind of thing that comes up is when it's a biography biopic versus the documentary and often leave a, a biopic of whoever it is thinking I actually just want to watch the documentary and find actually what happened mm-hmm. yes. without someone else's performance on yeah. top of it. And I think, um, so I agree with you, Helen. I took a lot more about A, Andy Kaufman and B, Jim Carrey 
from this from this one documentary. So that's why I think for me it's it's a better film overall, more insightful, more funny, more um, this that the other than the Man in the Moon. Um, even though I didn't watch the Man in the Moon, I felt okay. This is the story of a guy who I didn't know, but didn't really feel in, connected to him in the way that I felt with like with the Ray document, the Ray biopic, which I've fucking loved to bits. Uh, but then I still want to see a documentary about uh, Ray Charles and actually find out what his life was and all yeah. these kind of things. True. I agree that this is a better film than Man on the Moon. Mm. I still like the Man on the Moon, but this, yeah, this has got way more to it and feels, yeah, feels more exciting. Um, we haven't talked about the contractually obliged appearance of Tony Clifton. Mm. Um, <laughs> yes. Obligated. Obligated. Oh, <laughs> good Lord. Um, how much oh. do we know about Tony Clifton? I, again, I don't remember from the film him being a part of it, but... Tony Clifton was a, a twat and half played by Jim Carrey, half played by Andy Kaufman, half played by Bob Zamuda, yeah. which mm. I yep. think is a genius thing. Yeah, the, the, mm. the Playboy revelation is hilarious. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I love how much he stays in character <laughs> as Tony Clifton. Isn't it? It's when he's playing Tony Clifton that, you know, he's got that bag on his head. Yeah. yeah. Is that not yeah. because he's not had the prosthetics the, or something? The makeup or, on. Or yeah. he's Bob Zamuda. So we never uh, know. How do you think it's Bob Zamuda with that? So when I think every time. Tony Clifton is there. Unless Bob Samuda's there, I don't know which who it is. Who it is. No, but I mean Bob Samuda now. Although because the it's, Playboy prank was Bob Samuda because he's still yeah, got, he's still got the, he's, the he's a big guy in the mm-hmm. and, and also stuff. when Jim Carrey plays him early on in the film, yeah. he's not as fat. Yeah. So watching it for the second time, I was like, I'm pretty sure there's probably more times. than once where they they switch right oh, that's right. such i hadn't thought about that and no, they, of course they didn't. because who would know yeah, yeah. I and thought, they'd want you know to. jim carrey could just be sat in his trailer like you know just reading a magazine while bob samuda's crashing around the set <laughs> yeah yeah and you know he'd come back into the trailer and they they'd switch and who who would know yeah and that's exactly oh, the especially if he had the bag on his head mm. and he, he was that tony clifton and there was some. There was. There's once when Jim didn't have the prosthetic and he did stick his neck out in that way and had the voice. And mm. I was like, he, he, it wasn't all the prosthetic. It was the kind of posture, and mm-hmm. he managed to do that. Um, oh, okay. I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm like, is that is that Jim or is it Bob or is it Andy? I didn't even. I just read it as <laughs> straightforward. Because they used to do that, didn't they? Yeah. That was the whole thing. That was the point, wasn't it? Yeah. They book a. Andy Hoffman would book a gig and then there'd be Bob's mood that turns up as Tony, Tony Clifton. Clifton. It is interesting as well that the fact that, because normally with a method actor, you've got your role and you stay in it for mm. the whole of the, you know, the whole of the shoot. But for him, he's playing other characters, although it's still Andy Kaufman, you know, you're playing, suddenly playing it's... Tony Clifton. And if you're so stuck in that character, yeah. then you, you, in theory, he shouldn't be able to play Tony Clifton, maybe. I mean... Yeah, because Tony Clifton... Because we never saw the foreign guy, for example, behind the set. He never saw Jim Carrey walking around as a foreign guy. But it was it was just Tony Clifton or Andy Kaufman who were being dicks to everyone behind the set. Yeah. So I wonder what it's about Tony Clifton that felt that he could break out from the mold of the rest of the. It must be a fun characters. character to just like be like <laughs> wandering around <laughs> as you just get to be this horrible guy just yeah, shouting at people and, and everyone just true. hates him and yeah like. You create this. You've created a character specifically for people, people to hate. Yeah, that's what I've done with my life, guys. <laughs> I was going to say, done and done. <laughs> no need for prosthetics. Shall we move on to the scores? Let's head to the scores. So these are 
uh, well, the spreadsheet of dreams. Yes. Where your numbers come together to give a wonderful, accurate score at the end. <laughs> we hope. We hope. So um, we're going to start with you, Hannah, because it's your Ooh. choice. So recommendability, and these are all out of five, please. Do you know what? I'm going oh, to go five. Boom. I just think it's one of those films whereby it's just fascinating. It's a thing that, and the way that it was documented in mm. the sense that, you know, with other documentaries, you don't literally have absolutely all of the footage all of the time, but you know that, that everything there was documented. And so there was no stock footage. There was no nothing. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a great doc um, and was interesting because so many people take so many different, you either love him or hate him. Yeah. And and I think uh, I loved him and I hated him. You know, there was different emotions, but I, <laughs> overall I would, yeah, I'd recommend it to a friend. Well, we talked, uh, talking about one bit of footage, which was just odd, was um, Courtney Love turned up as uh, playing... Andy Kaufman's girlfriend. Yeah. Um, at one point, Andy Kaufman is there dancing, takes his pants off, and then Courtney Love decides to strip off. Just lose the robe. Yeah. I mean, Dance that's around that's in Courtney some Love pants. pants. So, yeah. I know it was just so Courtney, but it just, oh, it just made me a little sad. <laughs> Mostly for the catering crew who are just like, oh, this is my celebrity spotting for the day. This is what I'll go home and tell Ma. Yeah, so Courtney, Courtney Love was there. Well, I wasn't sure if she was naked at first, but uh, I'm close to look. Um, she had clothes on, so it wasn't that naked. It wasn't that good a story, Mum, but uh, I saw Courtney Love. I mean, Courtney Love makes dancing. a film where she gets naked is nothing new. I haven't seen her in many films. She's not in Mary, but in the one she is, she's naked. naked. People versus Larry Flint. Yeah. She made a bit of a mini career out of playing famous people's girlfriends who get naked. She did. Hmm. Which is fine. Taylor, your recommendability score, please. Um, yeah, this is a tough one for me. I'm going to give it a 3.5. Um... I, I would say I would recommend it to a select group of people because I think those who appreciate it, appreciate it very much. Do you know what I mean? But I definitely wouldn't so be telling who, everyone. So who wouldn't you recommend it to? Uh, my brothers. Oh, why? <laughs> <laughs> why? Oh, just because I had a conversation with my brother about this. Oh, yeah. um, he was over when I was watching like one chunk of it and he's like, what are you watching? And I said, and he's like, oh my God, I wouldn't be able to stand that. So that probably <laughs> affected him. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, Helen. See, I really, really, really like this um, documentary, but I can also see where you're coming from, Taylor. And I know that... It's it's a really weird experience watching it. And Jim Carrey is kind of weird. <laughs> it's not just is super weird. And also it's it's weird that I really enjoy this, but apart from like a couple of his other films, I can't I think stand them. I, I do think it's a common reaction, I think. A lot of people I know a maybe, lot of people probably maybe hate. I think I like this more because in the bits now, his mouth is covered up. Because he's got kind of a funny mouth. He does a lot of comedy with his mouth. Like with Ace Ventura and then with the mask. Yeah. It's all like kind of making his face go weird, which is a bit weird. So what's I your score? Know. I don't I'm conflicted. Um, 4.5. Yeah. It's still very high. I, wasn't, I had no idea where that was going to go. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it, yeah, I'm going to give it a 4.5. I, you know, documentaries for me, you get insights on a story or a character and I came to this thinking... I know Jim Carrey is a bit of a weirdo, but I'd never thought I'd want to know about how a method actor goes method behind the set. And this was just purely super insightful, entertaining, fun, made you think, what the fuck 
is actually going on. Um, yeah, four point five. I think uh, uh, no. I think if you said at the start, maybe if you sat down with your brothers and said, "This is a story <laughs> about Jim Carrey going insane and led into it," I think it might have been and, yeah, more. Yeah, his insanity and his descent into yeah madness and split personalities on camera. So I'm going. I'm equaling you, Helen, with a four point five. Uh, repeat viewing score, Hannah. Well, I have watched it twice, so. Um, <laughs> That's the Helen Joyce way. Were you contractually obliged? Sorry. <laughs> obligated. <laughs> were you contractually obligated to watch it twice? Did you feel that you needed to? It doesn't sound to... right. Doesn't no. It? Um, and also, I think the important question, when we ask people if they've seen it more than once, how big was the gap between the first watching and the second watching? Because Kobe's got a good theory about this. What's my theory? You reckon about eight years is quite good, don't you? No, it depends on the film. Oh, okay. It was for, we said eight years for The Social Network. <laughs> so specifically oh. for the social network. That's what that's what the eight years came up for okay. because we I think everyone with everyone who we recorded talked about the social network had seen it when it first came out. Sure. And then we don't we'd only just seen it again when we watched it for Flix Watcher. Apart and that's, from me. Apart from you. Okay, yeah. Um and we felt that that was kind of a nice gap in between watching. Well maybe I'll watch it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good show. Pop that on the list. <laughs> did you watch it in did you watch it in the cinema? When, I did. Yeah, so definitely yeah. it's on Netflix. Watch it. Oh. Um, and listen to the podcast we recorded podcast on it. Well. Oh yeah, good shout. But I think there's other films I oh definitely watch like some films like, as soon as I can again. Sometimes okay. twice in the cinema. Um, right, 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 right. But I think yeah, there's some films that bear some time. It was about two weeks betwixt viewings. Okay. Um, and I think because I knew, so I watched this one um, last night just because I knew we were coming to talk about it today, and it's the kind of thing that I wanted to. I hadn't made my mind up about it really. So I wanted to watch it again just to really sort of know sort of what I thought. Um, um, and also there was a couple of like quotes from it that I just wanted to remember what it was. It's like, there was a thing when somebody says, have you ever played a real person? Mm. And then he kind of stares at them and says, well, that's an odd question. I said, that's not an odd question. That's a completely <laughs> legit question. And it was just such a weird reaction he had to such a like, it's like saying to an actor, do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, it was so odd. And the bit where he's talking about drinking tea. Yes, like, oh my God, I've written is it, it down. It's all about, is it free will or is yeah. it just because you're thirsty? Yeah, I'm not a big believer in free will. I pick up the tea because I'm thirsty. Is that three <laughs> free will? Well, yeah. Here I am picking up the tea. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, no, Jim, that's tedium. Yeah. <laughs> Pun intended. Oh. Um, but sorry, uh, my <laughs> repeat viewing, I would say maybe... Maybe a three point five. I would I would suggest repeat viewing because it's it's just really interesting. Mm. Taylor, sorry. I'm gonna give it a two. Um, Your brother has got to you. <laughs> he always does. <laughs> That's a different podcast. Um, <laughs> oh, brother. The only reason it's not. Where are they? Can we start it, please? <laughs> Can't make up my mind till you're here. Come on, show up. Um, I, I really wouldn't want to watch it again just because I found it such an uncomfortable watch. But the fact that I was, I always allow for this possibility that whatever mood you're in, especially with a documentary, it's going to affect the way you see it. And because I watched it in chunks, mm. <laughs> terrible word for anything. Chunks. chunks. <laughs> Never positive. Chunks. Blowing chunks. Oh, um, but hearing hit like you're very you gave a compelling argument for watching it again. So I think it would take like Hannah being like, why don't you come over? We'll get a couple of beers and we'll watch it together. Cause I would like yes. to I'd like to give it another shot. I'll do all my Jim Carrey impressions for you. Okay. Yeah. Is that <laughs> can can we have one now? 
All righty then. <laughs> that wasn't very good. I didn't commit. I didn't commit. But I used to do fire, fire marshal bill. Go on. Now, just supposing you light a match and then you put it in front of the gasoline and bam, everything goes up in flames. <laughs> do you know what Fantastic. I don't think I don't any know of us have I've never seen that, that now. Oh, well, it was spot on. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to know. Really? Maybe I'm just... <laughs> Too much like Jim Carrey. Uh-oh. Oh no! And then all are you Jim Carrey? <laughs> oh my God! Full method as Taylor Graham. <laughs> he plays me well. Repeat viewing score, Hannah. Uh, too many H's, Helen. <laughs> How long have we known each other? <laughs> um, so I, I was just checking. Then it came out on November the seventeenth. It was released through Netflix. Yeah. Um, so it's been nearly a year since, since I've it. seen it, which I think is a, quite a good space in between. And um, when Kobe sent me the film through, I was like, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that again. And mm. I, I really, really, really enjoyed it the second time around. I thought it was really interesting, kind of weird and like the first time around. But this second time around, like, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I just... I think I got over the the shock stuff um, because I'd seen that before and I kind of find it a little bit funny and I got over kind of like the weirdness of Jim Carrey and it was more like the little bits. Like I completely forgot that he goes full method at the end and tells his behind the scenes that he's got cancer as it happens in, you know, in, in the film. And that bit was just like, whoa, that was really intense. So those kind of moments that he created and mm. again like the bits that he had with his daughter we don't see the daughter but he tells a story doesn't he do we see it you don't see her no, no but yeah. T- yeah yeah but you know they have that conversation yeah. and which is again i mean looking at telling his like but that that he genuinely must have been the closest that she's ever going to get to meeting her dad so why wouldn't you yeah. try and I think the only yeah out? the only sort of thing about that that I think sort of makes it all right is that she asked to come and see him yeah. yes. like if he'd gone do you know what would be good for <laughs> like, the show get his estranged daughter pop her in the trailer and I'll try and have a father daughter chat <laughs> like surprise um, surprise yeah. or something yeah. like that. <laughs> exactly and things and another thing is like you know it's a huge universal kind of movie and that was another thing that was kind of like oh they can afford for him to fuck around a bit mm. like if it was like an indie movie and people were putting their own money their own time their own love do you know what i mean like yeah. i think because if he'd have done that on something where people yes. you know weren't getting i've got like a lot, 50 days filming and that was it or yeah. something yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um your score Did I oh um yeah four four I'd, I'd, i probably would watch it again maybe leave it a year or so but um yeah i, I would go back to this um, I'm going to go for a 3.2. I'd watch it again, definitely. Um, not sure when. Probably Eight once years. every couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once every couple of years, or if someone says, just mentions it in passing, I think, yeah, I haven't seen it for a while. But as we say, documentaries aren't necessarily the best for repeat viewing score. And I think this one probably fares better than most. I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird because it's a documentary about an artistic process not kind of like a recording of like a historical event or an, or a reenactment or anything like that. So I don't know, I have, a, I have a different feeling about it than I would do as like a straight up documentary, mm. I think. And that's, I think it's just because of the subject matter, maybe. Uh, small screen score, guys. Oh, oh Hannah first. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I think it fares quite well on a small screen. Um, and obviously because it was Netflix, you could never see it in the cinema, could you? So because it was an original, I wouldn't go to the cinema to see it. So I think, yeah, it's that's right, isn't it? That I'd say I'd give it a high score if it's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd say so. I'd say probably a five because I prob- I don't think it would be much good in a cinema. Taylor? Uh, same. I'm going to have to give it a five. All right. To be fair. Yeah. H? I'm also going to give it a five. How how did Netflix come about with this one? Did they? I don't know. Did they sort of say we'll give you some money to kind of put it out, or we're just going to release it through us? I don't know how they. How they I, can't I would. Oh, I think I... Jim communicated telepathically <laughs> with the CEO, and it just went from there. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's actually the the true story. That's fact now. Yeah, I mean it's good. I think it's good when Netflix put their brand to things like this. Yeah. Mm. Um. Although it's one of it's one of those things, I'm, I can't imagine that they said, "Guys, we know there's like shit ton of Andy Kaufman, Jim Carrey nonsense in your backyard. Can you put it together and we'll we'll put a documentary out?" Of it? I would have thought maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe because it, it's in there. Spike Jones produced, so maybe he was just like, "Oh, I've got a bit of free time. What can, what can I do?" Mm-hmm. Like, "Oh, there's this film hanging around. <laughs> put it out." <laughs> Uh, yeah, There's five. another podcast, Spike Jones's Free Time. <laughs> I would totally listen to that. I'm going to give this a five as well. Why not? If I'd have seen this in a cinema, I don't think I would have got anything more from it. You don't need to see it in a cinema. No. I don't think. No. Engagement Except for score. the Courtney, Courtney love scene, maybe. Would Why have is that better been than brought to life? Just bigger. <laughs> <laughs> bigger beige bra. <laughs> That's another podcast. Hey. <laughs> Just sounds good. I'm not sure what it would be about. A triple B. Triple B. Also Ooh. my bra size. That's <laughs> so, pretty more like a girl band, right? <laughs> um, okay. Engagement. Yeah, I was pretty I was pretty engaged. I thought it told an engaging story. You mm. saw it from like beginning to end. Um I thought Jim Carrey took you through it quite nicely. Yeah. Um you saw a little bit about I liked the stuff about, you know, his own father and his own kind of yeah. the way he's come up. So really it was half a and uh, Andy Carey, I was about to say, that's how insidious it is. Um, uh, Jim Carey, it was interesting to see a bit more about him as well and what brought him to the point where he would have reacted like this. I think, uh, so what's your score there? Oh, 4.5. I really like that bit when it's saying about his dad, who was the funniest person he knew, mm. but then chose accountancy because he thought I need to get a real job, but then failed at that. So. Oh my God. Yes. Mm. I wrote that. It's like when you compromise and fail, it hurts. Yeah. That really just made me think jesus that really yeah that was a really big line i was oh yeah. that made me really sad that, that that kind of line must inspire so many people to think shit i'm gonna keep on playing guitar in, yeah and you know i'm gonna keep on doing these things and if i fail at this at least i've tried properly and failed mm. yes um, yeah, yeah and he buries the check in his dad's pocket yeah oh mate goosebumps so, taylor engagement score engagement score i'm gonna go pretty high actually because that, that's, I, I was engaged with it because you cannot, you know, irritability counts <laughs> as engagement, truly. You can't like, disengage I wasn't, when you're irritated, can you? Yeah, I wasn't in no way disengaged. So 4.5 for me as well. Helen? Um, I'm, I'm probably going to give it a five. I was completely engaged the first time around. The second time I kind of had to watch, watch it in, in little pieces just for time. And yeah, I was just really absorbed in it and... I just think it's really, there's just so many fascinating things, whether you're fascinated because you're horrified or whether you're fascinated because you're just like, is this, this is how Hollywood works. And, <laughs> or whether you're just like, 
who, who is Jim Carrey? What, what is going on mm-hmm. inside his mind? And is this all an act? Is he, is he just playing Jim Carrey in a documentary? Or is that the real Jim Carrey? How did, uh, what was Jim Carrey's kind of first line or question? Because I think that was quite insightful or how, as to how the rest of the film was going to play out. Oh, yeah. He was like, it was like, how would you start this film? Yeah. And he says something, oh, what does he say? He says, I mean, at the beginning, I was like, come on, that is the wankiest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. And by the end, I was like, yeah, maybe it should never end. Because he says something yeah. like, um, has like, it, has it, it started already, already or something like that? Yeah, it started, yeah, it started. Started. Yeah. and it'll never yeah. end. Yeah. So that kind of... Set the tone, That it? set the tone right from the start. <laughs> I think the first time I pressed play, I was just ready to see whatever happened. And yeah, the weird of, stuff, yeah. And that kind of answer is like, oh, okay, hold on. This is going to be a bit different than I thought. So I... This alludes to a high engagement score for me. Um, and again, the second time around, because I, I guess I'd, I was looking out for Tony Clifton this time. The first time I didn't know who he was or what, what kind of force, tour de force he was going to be in the, in the film. Mm-hmm. I was looking forward to the Playboy thing again because the first time it happened, the first time I saw it, I was like, what? <laughs> and it was still the same kind of what? Yeah. It still happened <laughs> the same way. Jim Carrey was eating a burger and Burger King or whatever it was and Tony Clifton was there. And then he just... Climbed on board. I was like, "Hi, I'm Jim." Oh, so good. Um, that must that that's like and, top prankery. That uh, is. Hugh, Hugh Hefner's face. I, w- I would love to have seen that. So good. I don't think they should have kicked him out though. I should have think. I would have well, thought. Like, you know, yeah, well Jim done, Carrey, well played, Tony mate. Clifton. Yeah. Part of me thinks like, is that another thing when they were like, "Can you kick him out? Can you like, mm-hmm. you know?" Mm. I, I I kind of thought like, I think so because you're right. It's the two of them together. That's kind of cool. <laughs> um. So fuck it. No, not going to go for, not going for, I can't feel, I don't want to go for another five. 4.8. <laughs> um, shit. 4.31250. That has got to be probably the highest documentary score, I think. Well, yeah. yeah. I think. Does that mean I win? Have I won this podcast? Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's why I'm here. Your prize is a jelly baby. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. So 4.31, that is really high. Yeah. Because uh, a high score... Um, overall is what we do in the shadows. Oh. Good document, wow. uh, good doc- mockumentary. Yeah, yeah. Good mockumentary, 86 minutes. Loved it. Oh yeah, Amazing. also, uh, I must add, it's an hour and 34 minutes, so yeah. good run time. Exactly. Good run time, Jim um, Andy. We scored highly, uh, social network really highly, but ah. but documentaries do seem to fail with the repeat viewing score and it didn't suffer so much here. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, we do reach out to people on Twitter when we when we put our films out to get some audience engagement. Um, we said we're watching Jim and Andy with Taylor Glenn and Hannah M. George from Drunk Women Pod. Have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts for an on-air shout-out on Flixwatcher. It gives you five-star rating and retweets and all the good stuff. So we had a few people responding. Uh, and we'd like to get you guys as the guests to read out their responses. So, Taylor, would you like to take the first one? Sure, from a TC Rastani. I loved every second of this documentary. Uh, and TC Rastani gave no score. So let's go on to the second one. Uh, Taylor, take that one as well. Oh, sorry, you don't want me to literally read all of them? Just the second one. Okay. Great documentary. Sorry, this is from Danny. Great documentary. <laughs> the scene where Jim describes his Andy's meeting with Andy's daughter was powerful. Four stars. Uh, Hannah, do you want to take the next one? The IMDb Journey podcast says a somewhat fascinating look into how a role in a movie can just consume you, especially if the role is of a real life person. It does overstay its welcome after a while, but it's still an intriguing watch. Three stars. 
I'm not sure it overstayed its welcome. No, it's an hour and a half. Um, Hannah. Hannah. <laughs> Helen. Do I need like a sticker H. on my head? Just H like, like Rimmer for hologram. <laughs> uh, this is from Shite Guys Pod. Hi, guys. Jim Carrey shows there's a madness to his method. Must have been an I. Must have been an absolute nightmare for the crew. And then he's done three, what's that? Dra- drama. Theatre masks, happy masks, sad masks. Yeah, that one. Three of those. So um, a little bit lower from the Twitter sphere. From, from than, the chat guys. We've got another one which kind of appeared elsewhere. Uh, Taylor, do you want to say this one? Sure. Uh, this is from Quotal Recall Podcast. Uh, only ever heard secondhand stories about onset method acting madness before. So fascinating to hear it unashamedly, unashamedly retold by the actor in question and to see BTS footage. Also not as contrived and onanistic as it could have been. Onanistic. Wanky. Oh. <laughs> A wanky word for wanky. Yeah. I like it. Four stars. Yeah. Cool. Um, that's. I think that's... A good Twitter way to it, end the show. Twitter kind of gives us a slightly lower score than we do, but I think fair play. Um, guys, can you let us know where people can find you online? You said you've got live shows coming on, so we need to tell them about the live shows. Yes. Well, we have our first ever live show coming up on November 1st at the Pleasance Theatre in Islington. That's November 1st, 2018, if you uh, oh, yeah. listening in the future. Yes, indeed. Yeah, so there, <laughs> there might be November 1st another time. Maybe. Every year. Yeah. Well, you have to now. (laughs) And we've also got one on December 6th, which is not on sale as of yet, but it might be, depending on when you're listening to this. So come along. And you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and Instagram and Facebook at Drunk Women Solving Crime. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much for coming on, guys. Thanks for coming on. Pleasure. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. You can find all of the episodes on our website flickswatcher.tv want to give us your five star review follow us at flickswatcherpod on twitter big shout out to our editor brendan russell for all his awesome editing skills and thanks as always to the mighty people for their tunes <laughs>